everybody, and welcome to On and Off the Field. It's May 12th, 2020. It's a Tuesday. It's my birthday. I had steak and potatoes and asparagus and ice cream cake, and I am just loving life. How you doing, Durf? I am doing great, and happy birthday, Dylan. Thank you. That sounds like a great birthday dinner right there, too. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. I I did have to run to the store and grab a few things. I did Uh go to Romig's, the best tavern in Rochester. Yeah. And I got some beer, and the wife cooked me dinner while I was out. And I came home, and I didn't have to cook it. That's the best part, obviously. Any dinner (laughs) cook is amazing. Yeah. Especially when it's steak and potatoes. There you go. I am. Nice. I was. I was very full though. I was, almost didn't eat ice cream cake. I left just enough room for the ice cream cake. Oh, yeah. Gotta leave just so, enough. Just enough room for dessert. Yeah, it's a it's a dangerous road to go down when you're eating a beautiful <laughs> steak. And oh, I gotta 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 stop. Well, welcome to the show. Make sure you're following on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Go to onandoffthefield.com. And at the bottom of the homepage, there's just straight up links to all of our social media anyway. So that's a super easy way to go about that. You can also go to rtfsports.com or sportsnetwork.com. And you can also go to their Facebook page. You can check out a bunch of great shows. A lot of exciting things down the road for the network. Very exciting. You can also vote for show of the month. There's a couple of great shows up on there. We are voting for Facebook All Sports because they were guests on our show the other week and they were great. So we are giving them all of the love. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also on onoutofthefield.com, we have our link to our Feeding America fundraising page. We're still stagnant on that, but we are we are still hoping to reach our goal. And then the Patreon page, still something we are, you know, we're still working on it, still growing, working on putting content up there. But we will push that as soon as we are ready to push it because I don't want people <laughs> paying for it and there's no content on it right, right. now. <laughs> So we're, we're just trying to get that rolling. We're getting that ball rolling, but it's going to be great. 50% of your monthly fee goes to our charity that we are currently fundraising. So right now it would go to Feeding America. And then let's say we meet our goal. The next one would go to whatever the next charity is. I, mm. I don't have anything in mind, but whatever the case may be, you get a bunch of cool things. There's three different tiers, $5, $10, You can do whatever you want. And uh, you get a bunch of free content with it. Well, not free, a bunch of content with your subscription and just uh yeah go do it it'll be really fun you get to help out charity and if you have ever wondered how how can i help charity but get something in return this is it this is your chance you get to donate to charity on a monthly basis so you get to fill your soul with happiness and you also get great content from durf and i what can I mean, you what more could you ask for it's a steal. It's a steal for you. Oh, but there's our warm up. I think that's all the details that you need to know about the show. I'm not missing anything, am I? No, I think we got everything covered. All right. Well, this is going to be a great show. We have returning to the show Green Bay Greg and uh, Mike from Twist back again. Uh, they were on a show what two weeks ago, I think, with us. Doing some draft talk. Yep. Yeah. Do some draft recap. And if you loved that show, then you're going to love this show because they're back and we're doing NFC North and they're back to talk Green Bay and Vikings. And I'm going to tell you, what, I'm hoping 
this is going to get saucy near the end. We're going to bring them in nice and slow, talk about their teams. You know, let's let's see what the future holds for them. Let's see what they think about the schedule. But then we're going to let them let them at the wolves. We'll see what they say about the bears and the lions and what they say about each other. Hopefully, hopefully no one gets to her. I don't want to break up the members of Twist by having them get mad at each other. Yeah, that's not my goal here. Don't need any of that. No, I, I hope. Hopefully, I'm not going to be the cause of that. But first, we have to get to the other sports. Our favorite segment on the show. That's normally our shortest segment of the show. The other <laughs> sports, anything besides football, because you know we like to keep the masses informed. Major League Baseball is trying to return. They are there, or at least get started, because <laughs> I guess they never really even started. They are dying to get this this league started up. And right now there's a proposal on the table for returning for an 80-game schedule, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Mm -hmm. it's 80 or 82, whatever it is. And they want to start either July 4th or middle of July, basically July. And they want to still have their World Series pretty much on time sometime in November. The interesting part of this is the money, which we'll get to that in a second. But the proposal includes a 50-50 revenue share between the organizations slash owners and the players. There's a lot, a lot of money talk going on right now. It's from my understanding, there are the NFL. I almost said NFLPA. Well, <laughs> the MLBPA, which sounds weird to say out loud, and the MLB are basically at each other's necks trying to figure this out so everyone gets their fair share. And I'm sure this is a disaster for the organizations trying to figure it out with player contracts. I can't imagine the mess this is causing within the Major League Baseball. But if you want my opinion real quick, This is a bad look for baseball. There are, I don't know if it's millions. I don't don't know if it's just in the high, like hundreds of thousands, whatever the case may be. People are out of work. Small businesses, even some bigger businesses have been closed forever. People have lost their livelihoods. And Major League Baseball is sitting over here complaining about pennies, dollars, you know, contract stuff as if they are struggling right now. If they don't get this season started and they don't get their fair share of revenue, which is like, you know, we want our $10 million contracts met. Uh, they're not going to, it's like, they're not going to be able to survive. It's a bad look. So if you, if for the major league baseball's best interest, get this resolved quickly and quietly and move on. Oh yeah, definitely. And they were talking about it on this morning on ESPN, and uh, they were saying even though it looks really bad right now um, for this proposal, this is at least a starting point for them to negotiate between the MLB and the MLBPA. Um, so it might be a bad look right now, but it can only, I would hope, get better um, once they come to the solution. I really think it's interesting that they're really trying to push for this MLB season to, to go that long. I mean, I get it that it's right now an 80 game season is technically half of the season, a normal season. Um, 
but they're just like they're pushing so hard like we gotta get the world series out there and it's probably a money grab um but i really think hopefully they can come to a better uh a better solution here after this initial proposal yeah just from just from what i gather obviously i'm not diving into this crazy deep i'm not i don't know who's leading the charge for major league baseball i'm sure it's not anyone in the astros organization but (laughs) it just looks it's just a bad look that's just me from a guy looking from the outside in that doesn't have sports right now i want sports to happen i want baseball to happen but when their number one concern of them not really getting going is because of money that's that's just sad to me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like it that they're complaining about money when millions of people across America are begging the government to just send a $2000 check stimulus check just so they can survive. It's a bad look. And uh I do, yeah, like you said, I hope they do resolve it soon. I hope it quiet downs a bit. I hope they get started in July and I hope we have baseball. Uh, we can dive into baseball a lot more, especially with the divisions. They definitely talked about there's not going to be a lot of road travel. Mm-hmm. The West Coast teams will play West Coast teams. East Coast teams will play East Coast teams, yada, yada, yada. Right. But that would take a very long time to cover. So the only other thing on the docket for other sports was UFC. Was it 249? Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah, 249. I obviously didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I've ever paid pay-per-view anything. and i certainly wasn't going to pay for pay-per-view for a bunch of fighters with no crowds but what i did see was a couple of highlights uh you know from espn stuff that was posted Mm -hmm. online that was weird oh yeah definitely (laughs) that was the weirdest thing i have ever seen (laughs) and I know there was a couple like Korean baseball doesn't have like I don't think they have big crowd or any crowd at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been our this has been our look into an American sport without a crowd. And some people have talked about, yeah, you know, if basketball comes back, there won't be a crowd. And it'd be pretty funny to just hear the shoes squeak and you'll be able to hear everything from the benches. <laughs> you and you couldn't really envision it. You just couldn't because it was so weird. Mm-hmm. This was it. This was our first look into what would American sports look like without crowds. You heard every kick, every punch. You could hear the corners yelling to their fighter. It was just bizarre. And now that you've seen it and it's real, I mean, did you see those highlights? Like, What was your opinion? I saw a little bit of the highlights. Um, it definitely looked weird. Like, not just a be it just like an event that was weird in general, but they had a lot of weird things happen during the event. Um, like one of the fighters like wins the match. Yeah. I'm going to retire. Like I'm done. I'm like, Oh, all right. You don't see that normally every day. But uh, apparently a lot of the media was trying to get in contact with the player or the, with the fighters to try and see what UFC was like, what their restrictions were as fighters um, in UFC. And apparently UFC actually said like you can't, you're contractually not allowed to discuss the restrictions of the UFC 249 um, because of like no fans and everything that's going on. Um, So that I thought was really interesting that they were like UFC, like kept it super hush hush as to like what kind of 
processes or restrictions that they had for their fighters um, going into last weekend. Um, so, I mean, it was American. It was it was an Ameri- uh, a sport that returned to American television. But at what cost is it going to for these fighters down the road? Like they had a UFC. They had a fighter days before the event that tested positive and who knows if anyone was there that was asymptomatic or um so i'm like hopefully ufc is paying these guys really well just for just being there and exposing themselves to this kind of situation but that could also just be in their contract right for the event and then who knows what will happen down the road with these guys yeah do you think ufc fighters get hazard pay for showing up to fights during a pandemic <laughs> I, I don't think so I, i'd like to think they just get paid good enough base salary for getting the snot beat out of them uh, during these fights mm-hmm. but, uh thanks for that insight with the ufc i did not know any of that so that is why you're here Durf is a <laughs> major contributor to the other sports because i really struggle with keeping up with most of them <laughs> especially the ufc <laughs> But here's a topic that we all know and love, the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to jump straight into the NFL, and we're going to do some news to start off before we really dive into the NFC North and the schedule. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, easily the greatest thing to happen. Everyone knows about the the charity, the fundraising that the NFL has been doing with the auctions. Like Russell Wilson and Sierra were doing, um, go on a double date with us, and that raised a bunch of money. You know, I don't remember uh, what the what the charity was called. What did they? What were they called? The All In Challenge. Oh yeah, that's what it was. And everyone's basically auctioning off these things that you can do with them or whatever the games, whatever the case may be. Easily, easily the greatest one ever. Roger Goodell auctioned off watching a Monday night football game with him in his man cave. And this could not have been any better. (laughs) The man who won that auction, the man who has been dying to do an interview with Roger Goodell's entire career, the man who made hats that said F Goodell on it, the man who made T-shirts with Roger Goodell's face on it with a clown nose, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports won that auction and will have a one-way ticket to Roger Goodell's man cave. That's awesome. Oh, boy. If he's not wearing a body cam during that entire thing, <laughs> he has to. Yeah. I, I don't know if Roger would allow it, but... He probably won't even allow cameras in there. I'm sure it'll be something, but he has to sneak some microphone in there because I need an all access pass to whatever is talked about in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But another thing with Monday Night Football, Rejoice, I believe we talked about this. Did we talk about this on the live show? Uh, Booger McFarlane and the Monday Night Football crew has been fired. Yeah. Uh, They are, I think they might be moving on to kind of like TV show gigs. Kind of like what Shaq's doing, but more NFL related. Um, That's a good fit for Booger, but they are now, they're hunting for a new crew. And one name that came up for that crew was Pat McAfee. 
<laughs> oh. Hey. Yeah, why not? If you really want to go all out and you're really trying to entertain the crowds and the masses at home, Pat McAfee is your man. <laughs> he is he is very smart. Mm-hmm. He has quite the personality, which might turn some people off. It depends on the generation watching that game. But he has a great, funny personality. But under underneath that personality is also a very smart person. He knows football. He's has his own show that I listen to all the time. He knows the stuff that he's talking about. And I think he would be a great, I don't know if he could go to the booth mm-hmm. and be a color analyst, but I think he would just be a great sideline guy. He should definitely, definitely get a football gig. Oh, definitely. And I know another name that was out there um, as rumored to be on the Monday Night Football crew. I know it was a couple of the guys from Dan or from NFL Live. Um, but I know one of them being Dan Orlovsky, who I think would probably, I think he'd do a good job um, in the booth. But I'm just really glad that Booger McFarlane and Joe Tessitore are no longer there to ruin the last game of the of the weekend uh, for the NFL. Yeah, the Monday Night Football is an event. People tune in to Monday Night Football because it's Monday Night Football. And I think the network just, they tried too hard to make it even more of an event mm-hmm. by getting someone like Joe and Booger. And it actually ruined the event by putting them on. And I'm, yeah, could not agree more that I'm, so happy they are gone. Could not be more happy. Uh, so Tua Tunga Valioa. I I think I'm getting closer. Tunga Valioa. I, I don't think I. Tunga Tunga Valioa. Valioa, yeah. All right, so we, we got it. I think we're, we're getting, getting close. He signed his rookie deal. It's official, and he already bought his mom a new car. He signed a four year deal. million with a $19.6 million signing bonus. And he will wear the number one. All right. What? (laughs) He signed a piece of paper and he made $19 million. Almost 20. I want to do that. Can I do that sometime? Do Do you think they would let me do that? Sign me up for 19 mil to sign a piece of paper. If I was Tua, I would just take a hammer to my knee. Oh, I'm done. Can't play. Yeah, that's it. Darn it. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm out. 19 mil just to sign a piece of... And then 30.28 over four years with a fifth-year option. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And it's interesting that we're hearing the numbers um, so soon on these rookie contracts. Um, usually you just like hear, oh, they, so-and-so team signed their first round draft pick, so-and-so. And it feels like because everything was virtual this year, a lot, like I know for the bills, a lot, almost every draft pick signed already, which is incredibly fast. Um, but just to get the numbers for Tua's contract for his rookie contract, just seems a, seems something I normally didn't hear in the last couple of years. So it's kind of interesting to see, what that fifth overall kind of draft spot um, kind of gets them for money wise, but definitely interesting that he's going to wear number one though too, um, just because I'll obviously 13's retired uh, from 
uh, Dan Marino playing for the Dolphins, but interesting to go with number one. What number does Josh Rosen wear with the Dolphins? I believe it was three. Number three. Yeah. Well, so, so you put Tua and Rosen together, you get 13. There you go. Two-headed So maybe two-headed we can see a little bit of dual. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and now you got one and three to make 13, and you combine them, and you have your own little mini version of Dan Marino. Maybe this is their plan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> This I, I can see it all coming together now. This makes so much more sense. But I, I do agree. I don't I have no idea any of the money that Seahawks draft picks have made. Mm-hmm. I have heard almost nothing about rookies getting whatever their numbers are. I feel like this had to be leaked by someone. Maybe Tua allowed it. Maybe the Dolphins wanted it to get out mm-hmm. to set some kind of weird like we trust him, so we gave him thirty million for his like it right. seems weird. Uh, normally, you don't hear about these numbers or people signing until you get closer to their rookie mini camp. Mm-hmm. But hey, yeah, it's virtual. I'm sure they just had to meet online. Okay, you want to sign this? Yes, no. All right, here's your 30 mil. And maybe that leaked. Maybe someone, a third party was there. Something happened. But mm-hmm. definitely not not the norm. But congratulations to Tua. He went through a nasty injury. And he got paid $30 million and was a fifth overall pick and will not play for the Dolphins. I mean, just just good for him overall. Oh, yeah, definitely. So now we get to get into some fun stuff. Vegas has released their MVP odds for the NFL 2020 season. And some of these will blow your mind. <laughs> I think some of these were updated from mm. the last time I last time I heard about them and saw them. So um, you can correct me if maybe I'm wrong, uh, if you've seen something different. Uh, but this is what I pulled from the interwebs, mm-hmm. and I know I've know I've know I've at least seen one different one. But I know things fluctuate, obviously, like. Right. Especially in Vegas, things fluctuate every hour. So when I pulled it, obviously the leader in the in the house is Patrick Mahomes. Do you disagree with that? No, I think he's clearly the front runner. No, I think the only reason he didn't win last year is because he had his injury and was out for a couple games. If you're out for a couple games, then you're not getting MVP. That's just, unless you just you throw five touchdowns every single game. Right. Um, Lamar Jackson is right behind him. Uh, who won MVP this last year, and he stole it mm-hmm. from Russell Wilson, who <laughs> for most of the season was the favorite, and then Lamar Jackson comes in and literally runs all over Russell Wilson's MVP dreams. And Lamar won it unanimously. So to this day, Russell Wilson has never in his career received a vote for MVP. Not one. That's not that's not good. You know who has received a vote for MVP? Bobby Wagner. Really? Bobby Wagner has received more MVP votes than Russell Wilson. Hmm. Just let that sink in. <laughs> <laughs> like just the fact that Russell Wilson hasn't gotten an MVP vote, if that's not enough to blow you away, mm-hmm. his defensive player, a linebacker, got an MVP. P vote before Russell Wilson. Yeah. 
it that shook me to the core a little bit. But fourth on the list is Deshaun Watson. And this is kind of where I saw a different Dak Prescott's at number five. I mm. did see Dak Prescott ahead of Watson on other ones. Oh, okay. But this is where we this is where we stand right now. Dak Prescott at a plus fourteen hundred, whatever that means for I, Vegas. Yeah, I have no clue what this plus system means, but I'm going to assume that because we're starting at the top, that's the better odds. <laughs> and I I know that when the when it's a negative number, it says like negative four hundred. That means like they're the by far favorites. Like if the further your number is negative is the better chance they are of winning. I know that much, but how mm-hmm. it pays out, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> Carson Wentz is sitting there, sixth place, then Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and then you have the field, and then it's just a obviously a huge list. But one of my favorites that I, I really, really had to bring up here mm-hmm. was Christian McCaffrey at plus – 4,500. I'm not even a count. I can't even count how many, how far he is down on the list. Christian McCaffrey is all the way down there, plus 45. And you have people like, oh, let's see here, Philip Rivers at plus 4,000. Saquon Barkley's ahead of Christian McCaffrey at plus 4,000. Uh, ben Roethlisberger at plus 4,000. Baker Mayfield. Yes, Baker Mayfield has a bunch <laughs> of offensive weapons. They even retooled the offensive line, but they still have a new coach. Mm-hmm. It's still the Browns. I I have not seen enough out of Baker Mayfield for me to believe that he should have better MVP odds than Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton's not even on a team. He's at plus 6,000, tied with Daniel Jones and Ezekiel Elliott. Wow. This is where we this is where we are in this world. <laughs> I guess um Vegas really thinks Cam Newton's going to going to find a team and start they're, apparently they're, josh allen's also sitting down there at plus six thousand along with Jameis winston jared goff matthew stafford michael thomas ryan Tannehill. does that hurt your feelings at all no no not at all i just want to i just want to make sure the last one on the list at plus twenty thousand is your man tua tunga vailoa just in case he does play this year and decides yeah. to light up the league, Tua is there, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your MVP favorite? Off of this list, do you have a favorite this year for winning MVP? I mean, I really feel like Mahomes is going to take it this year. You'd like to think so, huh? I I would think so. I don't see Dak taking it. I, like If looking at the top ten, I don't see... Tom Brady is a if it's, if it's a popularity contest for sure. Tom Brady, I don't see Aaron well, Rodgers it taking is, it. So. Well, yeah, but it shouldn't be. That's another. That's another battle there. That's, a, that's <laughs> another topic. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I could see him getting it if he has. If like the Saints finally get just a phenomenal season together. Carson Wentz, not a chance. Dak Prescott. I don't see it. He's too busy worrying about his money in his back pocket and or his bank account to play well this year, I think. Um, Deshaun Watson, eh, maybe. Depends how well this offense on the, for the Houston Texans goes. I mean, I would. I think it'd be a great story to see Russell Wilson win it. I just don't know if the Seahawks are going to have the ammunition or kind of the game plan for all season with him to 
kind of help him really showcase off those MVP skills. Um, I don't want to see. I don't want Greg Olson now. What are you talking about? (laughs) Greg Olson. What weapons do you need than Greg Olson, who's like 38 years old? Greg Olson and how many more tight ends? Somewhere around (laughs) six or seven, I'm sure. I don't even know at this point. Uh, But yeah, so I don't. I don't want to see Lamar Jackson win it, just because I'm not. I respect Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson because he has he plays really well. I just don't like him. Um, but I, I could see Patrick Mahomes getting it again this year. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what Vegas is thinking. Obviously, that's why he's number one on the list. Mm-hmm. But if you if you, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Right. I think this is the year where Pete Carroll finally goes. He's he's got to be our guy to, if we're going to go win this moving forward. Because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson won it for them before by being an amazing offensive leader, and then they stopped. They 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 gave it the beast mode, and then they wanted to carry on with Chris Carson. Then they get Rashad Penny. I think they finally realized this is this is why we have Russell Wilson. We are meant to air it out. We got Philip Dorsett, who's a burner. DK Metcalf in his second year. Tyler Lockett's obviously a monster. We do have a billion tight ends, but hey. I, I think this is Russell's year. I think he throws 50 touchdown passes. Let's go. 5,500 yards. I'm ready. All right. The NFL is ready for I mean, the I think, unleashing I, of Russell Wilson. I mean, I think that would just give the Seahawks a lot of great games to watch for the fans. So, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm all I for that. Let's go, Seattle. If Pete Carroll's listening, give Russell the ball. All right, and as we transition into the second half of our show, we are going to bring on the host, the one, the only, on Twist, Mike, to talk some Vikings. What's going on? Oh, doing great over here in Minnesota. I used to know a really great pun. What was it? Uh, What... Uh, what kind of soft drink do they like the most over there? Something like that. And there's like mini soda. Mini soda. Like mini soda. I call yeah, it pop. Sodas. It's all pop. Ew. Oh, God. Oh. That's terrible. <laughs> My wife calls it pop, too, though. Pop. I'm okay with pop people. I I, I will deal with pop people. Mm-hmm. The people I can't deal with are the people that call it soda pop. No, it's, it's pop. And you're going to have to deal with me here for a few minutes while we talk <laughs> about the bikes. all right well if we are gonna deal with the vikings let's jump on them so one of the biggest questions at least that i have surrounding the vikings and it might just because be because i'm close to buffalo and now stefan diggs is with them so we always get to hear about diggs but now the big question was to fill that hole they went out and draft justin jefferson wide receiver from lsu with the 22nd overall pick in the draft expectations seem to be high. Justin Jefferson's talking a lot of smack, a bunch of, you know, hey, they picked a bunch of wide receivers before me that are not better than me. Um, What's the expectation in Minnesota for him? Is he really going to be able to come in and fill that hole right away? Well, it's tough for any rookie to come in and fill any type of role, but I think he's the guy to do it. You know, we were happy. Stefan Diggs' production on the field is bar none amazing, but his attitude was was horrible, and that's why the Vikings sent him to Buffalo, New York, probably the worst place 
you could send some crybaby. Um, and typically, <laughs> typically, I don't like using a pick that we get for a receiver on a receiver like they did um, back in the day when we traded Randy Moss and drafted Troy Williamson. It was a big bust. But in, in the case of Jeff, Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's a producer. Last year, 111 catches, over 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns. The nice thing about it is Gary Kubiak, our offensive coordinator, uh, had LSU coaches prior under his tutelage. So he reached out to them about the type of person that Justin Jefferson is, you know, without being able to kind of sit down with these guys this year and get an understanding of who they are. He used, you know, his coaches to kind of figure out who he is. And Justin Jefferson is nothing like Stefan Diggs, uh, maybe more on the field, but not off. He's a good person. He's going to fit in great with the system here. And uh, we're, we're extremely high on him. I think he'll, he'll be up there for rookie of the year. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had, you know, 60 catches and 750 yards with eight touchdowns. Nice. I mean, I know I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Justin Jefferson um, for the Vikings, just because I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't mind watching the Vikings games. They're, they're interesting. They've drafted a few Penn State players on uh, the past years that I was a fan of. Um, but I think from an attitude adjustment, sending Stefan Diggs out there, how about a physical adjustment. Can Delvin Cook finally stay healthy and being a, be able to carry this Vikings team if Kirk Cousins starts to struggle? Well, first off, Durf, watching Vikings games is fantastic. Uh, and second off, to answer your question it's about debatable. Delvin Cook, oh, <laughs> it is fa- it's getting my blood going right now just thinking about it. <laughs> You know, Delvin Cook has always had, you know, kind of an injury history, and that's why last year the Vikings drafted Alexander Madison. Now when Cook did go down, Madison stepped in, and he not only just stepped in, he stepped in in a big way. Um, I think they're going to utilize Madison a lot more this year to keep Delvin's legs fresh. But when Delvin was healthy, he was a top three running back in the league. So if he can stay healthy, absolutely we can just ride that horse. Gary Kubiak likes to be a run-first offense, so that's what we do. We play off the run into play action and into our passing game. But Delvin mm-hmm. Cook is is very, very elite and, and can get the job done. It's just the coaching, you know, coaching job trying to keep him upright and healthy. And, you know, you can say anybody's got, you know, injury history. It's a, it's a brutal game, you know. If I can't believe Christian McCaffrey was able to play you know, every game last year, but you just kind of, kind of cross your eyes and have some depth, which we do um, and go from there. Yeah. Like you said, anyone can have an injury history, even people that have never had injuries. It just happens sometimes. And sometimes those injuries are brutal. Yeah. I just go back to Alex Smith since I just got done watching that E60 the other day, you know, it's a guy who has had some bad luck with, getting kicked out by, you know, getting kicked out by backups, you know, Kaepernick and Mahomes and whatnot, but then to, to get hit with the injuries too, it just out of nowhere and how, how excessive it was, just absolutely disgusting. But I guess still sticking with maybe backup quarterbacks, I, I'm just going back to the draft too. It was kind of a quantity and then over maybe some quality, uh, they did a bunch of trading back. They ended up with what 
12 people, I think. I'm, I'm trying to count, but I'm going to go with 12, I think. 15, I believe. Oh, 15. Good. Yeah. All right. 15 draftees they take. And then, you know, in the seventh round, I thought the one that was very interesting because I thought that might have been a, a quarterback the Patriots had their eye on with Nate Stanley out of Iowa. You know, it was just an interesting draft. And, I mean, can you defend them with trying to go quantity over, you know, quality picks maybe? Well, I think with the offseason, I mean, we lost a lot of people on our defense. I mean, our cornerbacks were dwindled down to, you know, almost nothing. Mike Hughes, who was a first-round pick, but he's had injury history as well. Um, so I think Rick Spielman's, you know, deal, I don't know if he wanted necessarily to end with 15 picks. He really is a guy who likes to draft 10 players. Um, but this year, again, with with the circumstances that surrounds all of us, he really wanted to go after guys late in the sixth and seventh um, that they were targeting and that they didn't want to fight for as, you know, the undrafted free agents started to roll. Um, so we definitely did quantity, but I believe we got a lot of quality as well and a lot of depth that we needed going into this season. Yeah, I, def- I didn't want to kind of crap all over the saying quantity over quality, but <laughs> it, if when you trade back, you lose out on earlier round guys. But yeah, you never know. Some of these guys could pan out and maybe be pro bowlers. That's yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to offend anybody. That's why I put the maybe in front of it. Oh, you didn't offend me. And all the all the analysts out there, you know, the Vikings got an A grade for their draft. So regardless of some of the late round picks, you know, your Nate Stanley, Kenny Willekes out of Michigan State was a seventh round pick, and he has an A A minus grade. Um, you know, we got Troy Dye in the fourth round, who is a projected second round linebacker. So the Vikings have been known to be able to hit on these later round picks. Um, and be able to improve them into perennial all-stars. Yeah, I mean, let's just uh, let's see how much quality the Vikings can get out of this, and let's see kind of how how it pans out for their season. Um, I mean, both Dylan and I kind of are in that ten and six range. I went ten, six, nine, and seven based on the schedule. Um, where do you see the Vikings? Um, their record for this upcoming season. I'm right around with you guys. I have them at 11 and five, 10 and six. My 11 and five is them sweeping the bears 10 and six. Uh, if they split it, I know the bears have been a tough team for the Vikings in the past. Uh, I know we'll get to the bears a little later, but I have the bears having a putrid season. So I'm not as scared mm-hmm. of them this year as in past years. All right. Yeah, I feel like it's. I feel like those some of those losses for the Vikings are always. You never know what games they might stumble on, um, similar to other teams in the NFL. But I think I feel like that's why I kind of went towards that nine and seven a little bit, just because you never know what happens in the NFL. But yeah, not too bad for the Vikings. No, and that you know, in eleven and five, even a ten and six will get them in. You know, get them into the playoffs this year with with seven teams. So. Right. I do have them. Yeah. I do have them losing to Green Bay. You know, for the division, I have the Packers going twelve and four, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to have to show up too. I mean, Greg's team is just literally the ugliest team in the whole world. It looks <laughs> looks like something you you know see before you flush the toilet. <laughs> well, we're going to give Greg a chance to uh, rebuke that statement there. 
Uh, we're going to bring you back on in a, in a couple minutes after we get done talking with Green Bay, Greg. So you just hang on for us, and we'll ver- we're very excited to bring you both on at the same time. That should be fun. I will. Greg, I'm going to be taking notes of everything you say because I'll be back on soon, bud, so be careful. <laughs> All right, Greg. Um, Green Bay, Greg here. I love how what you, do you got, got to say. I, I know you're fuming over there right now. You have to be. I, I just I love that what you guys have to mute me when he's talking, and then just just for purposes of your show, and then mute him when I start talking. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta defend the show, but I don't want you guys ripping each other's heads off quite yet. We'll we'll give you your time, but we got to get through some content first. The funny the funniest thing about all of that is Mike is by far my best friend in the world, and. <laughs> The, 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 but but the fact that he supports the purple just drives me nuts. But you know it's it's fun. Go ahead, fire away. All right. Um, I mean, talking to Green Bay here, I feel like they must have had. They would have had to have been probably the worst thirteen three team that I've seen in recent years. Um, I mean, at the start of that season last year, I didn't think the Packers were going to end up with a making the playoffs the way they did. Um, I mean, and looking at this off season, do you think they've done enough um, or anything to make them better for this year? Well, yeah, yes and no. Um, I thought that their first two picks are very interesting. Uh, now that it's been a few weeks, um, you got to remember what's the first thing that anyone says when, you know, when they're talking about the Bengals, well, they just didn't get Burrow. They got this guy and this guy, and they have their first round draft pick from last year. Who's hurt all of last year. Mm-hmm. The thing with the Packers is they did go 13 and three and yeah, a, lo- a lot of those games was, wow, how they pull that off. But at the same time, just remember that a lot of their wide receivers that were high round picks were hurt, you know, St. Brown, um, mm-hmm. guys like that, that were hurt or they're rookies. So now they're going to be in their second year. Jay Steinenberger was a tight end that they took two years in 2019. That's now coming off of injury. They did do a lot in free agency once again um, by bringing in um, Christian Kingsley from the Browns. And yeah, they did get Funches, which, you know, nobody's going to, you know, no one's going to, you know, start getting him fitted for a Hall of Fame jacket. But when you have Devontae Adams, you are you already have a number one. What you need to do now is you need a slot receiver and you need someone to solidify that number two spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to filling in the roles, you got to remember they were 13 and three, regardless of what it looked like. They did make it to the NFC championship game. So you're not you're not trying to turn chicken bleep into chicken salad. You already have a solid foundation. What you got to do when you're 13 and three and make it to the NFC Championship game is try to upgrade from maybe where you're a seven out of 10 in this position. You want to make it a nine or a 10. Mm-hmm. So the, the changes you have to make don't have to be as drastic. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You hit that NFC Championship game and it's about getting better. I mean, they did take a couple of a couple of uh, defensive players through the draft. And I would agree that they got a couple of good players in free agency. I think that was where their stronger part of their offseason was, was free agency. But I, I, I'm going to actually, I'm skipping over our next question because I'm just dying to ask you this. Because you say you get to the NFC Championship game and let's say they revisit the 49ers in that game again. The 49ers stomped them twice last year 
And let's say they get to the NFC Championship game 13-3 and again. Let's just have a repeat year, but they have this year's draft class. I mean, the offense really wasn't the issue. Of your bigger issue was the was the defense getting ran all over. I mean, I, I feel like that's the bigger issue here. Uh, absolutely. And uh, on our show, uh, I was going off on every tangent possible for as long as possible that I thought that the two biggest issues in those two games, because they beat us. The, the funny thing is San Francisco beat us the same way twice. Um, they were able to, you know, hold, they were able to run the ball down our throat, especially on third down, which is not a typical running down, but they were running the ball on third down to stay on the field. And we couldn't on offense, we couldn't stay on, on third and three, third and four. So, you know, you, you think about it. Why do you bring in A.J. Dillon? Well, maybe it is because you want to stay on the field on third and three, third and four, and get that first down to give your defense some breaks. And why do you bring in Christian Kearns? Because you got to stop the run. I mean, Blake Martinez, as a middle linebacker for the past couple of years with the Packers, led the league in tackles. And on paper, that stat alone sounds really good unless you start to watch the game and you realize that Blake Martinez is first touching the running back three, four yards down the field or you know after the line of scrimmage, and that running back is getting six yards per carry. We needed running, we needed linebackers that are gonna, you know, that are gonna rush the 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 hole. They're going to meet the running back at the line of scrimmage, and that's what I'm hoping they did. Um, but no, you're right. If we go 13 and three again, go to San Francisco, get stomped again, then yes, it was a failure of a season. Um, so it was something I was talking about on our show. We had one team that was head and shoulders better than us, and I don't think that we necessarily really addressed that unless those things worked themselves out getting Christian Kearnsley in and then getting A.J. Dillon to, you know, run the ball. If that works out, then they did it. If it doesn't, Mm -hmm. then the Jordan Love pick was a waste of time or a waste of a pick because I wanted Queen. I wanted Patrick Queen at middle linebacker, and Mm -hmm. I was screaming on every rooftop um, on draft day when they traded up. I thought they were going after Queen. When they didn't, my my hands were tied. I had no idea what they were thinking, what they were doing, but – Looking at it now, two and two and a half weeks later, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this why they did it? Was it because they believe in these guys that they have already in free agency? And, you know, they got the Smith brothers on defense. They're going to keep the ball mm-hmm. between the tackles. So um, th- that's that's kind of where I'm at with, with, with how they did that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how this pans out. I think coming up here in this next season, um, taking a look at next season, uh, actually Dylan and I both agreed that we're projecting the Packers to go eleven and five. How do you feel about that, Greg? You know, eleven and five is it's it's realistic. I think they're going to go twelve and four, um, okay. mainly because and you know Mike was talking about this at the end of his segment. He believes in the Bears a lot more than I do. I think the Bears, um, he's worried about them being a Minnesota fan. I'm really not as a Packer fan. I think that the Packers are going to – last year they won 6-0 in the division. This year I think they're going to go 5-1. and one. I think that they'll lose one game to Minnesota. I don't know which one yet. Mm-hmm. It, I think it depends a lot on um, when they – you know, when everything kind of goes back to NFL normal. Um, having so many new players on the team with the Vikings, I think the Packers could take week one from them. Um, however, I, I do think they will lose one game to Minnesota, and I think they'll sweep um, Chicago and Detroit. 
So I, I'm thinking 12 and four. I think that if they can win every game they're supposed to, they could go 13 and three again. But I think 12 and four is more realistic. All right. Yeah. I think that's interesting that, you know, they sweep the Lions again um, because they did sweep them last year. But I'm, I'm curious because it, it maybe it's that kryptonite kind of feeling like the Seahawks have a kryptonite with the Cardinals where we normally at least split the series with them even when they're at their worst. With the Lions last year, the, the Packers didn't lead that game at all, but they won both games in the last minute. I mean, Mike thinks the Vikings have a little bit of a kryptonite with the Bears. Do you think the Packers might have that scenario with the Lions just a little bit, an eensy amount? I, I, I agree with you, especially you know when you're talking about last year because they played the Monday night football game, and yeah, they were never uh, leading in that game till the end, and then the last game of the year or the um, – yeah, that were they um, weren't leading until like what was it like a minute and a half to go in the game? So no, I agree with you that Detroit plays them very well. Minnesota's biggest, I'm sorry, not Minnesota, uh, Green Bay's biggest issue is not getting up for games where they should. Last year it was the Chargers. This year I looked at the schedule and I analyzed it. Is I think that the Texans are going to be the team that are going to that they're, they're going that's going to be that game that I worry about. When it comes to Detroit specifically being the team in division, I don't. I, I just. I, I don't think they got up for them. I'm not too worried about them. I'm worried more about you know our Minnesota's 15 draft picks going to pan out, and is it going to be you know um, a real pain in the butt for Green Bay? But I really don't have a lot of confidence in what Detroit is doing from a front office standpoint, or what Chicago is doing from a quarterback standpoint. So. Uh, do I agree with you that they caused us a lot of pain and a lot, a lot of headaches last year? Absolutely. But when you really think about it, there are 32 NFL teams. They're all professionals. Their job is to you know win games and keep games close. And Detroit just happened to do a good job of that last year. It's yeah. definitely going to be a very fun division to watch this year, at least between Green Bay and the Bears. And as we do this Next unprecedented thing. We're going to unmute Mike. I'm going to give him a second here. Maybe he's still fuming. I don't know. Let's let's see if he's yelling right now as soon as I hit the unmute button. Mike, I, how are you feeling? My arm is tired because I've had it raised this whole segment with GBG. <laughs> so I'd like to I mean, go. What's, what's your main concern? Well, I have a couple things written down here, Greg. So the first thing you came out and said was uh, – your first two picks were interesting. You used the word interesting. Your first three picks were horrible. You wanted Patrick Queen. You got a quarterback for 10 years down the road. You got some bowling ball in A.J. Dillon when you could have had Cole Komet. And then when you finally did draft a tight end, we later found out that he's not even a tight end. He's a fullback. Secondly, your words, not mine. Once again, we did a lot in free agency, a lot. So Mercedes Lewis is a lot. Greg came on our show last Saturday, that's Twist, the weekend sports talk, and said Devin Funchess was a number one wide receiver. Devin Funchess in his five-year career has 2,265 yards and 21 touchdowns. That's what Julio Jones does in two years. That's spread out through a five-year career, and he can't even stay healthy. I will give it to the Packers because I was impressed after their first three horrendous picks. 
you know, they hit some. They got Kamal Martin from the Gophers, John Runyon, offensive lineman, Michigan. And then I think they hit twice in the seventh round with Vernon Scott, safety, and another edge rusher and Jonathan Gavin. Um, so I, I think they did get some good good depth and some good players down the road after. But when you're a 13-3 and three, you know, team that loses to San Fran the way that they did, it's not about three to five years from now. It's about the 2020 season, and your first three picks are not going to help you this year. Mike, drop. Wow, look at you. I, I, I thought the funniest thing about what you said was when you said that you were writing a lot of stuff down. I didn't know you knew how to write. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, he might know how to write, but I don't know if he can read it back to you. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. No, I just proved it. But, but see, the thing is, is we don't need Funches to be a number one. We don't even need him probably to be another number two because we have, you know, Lazard. We have St. Brown. We have Van Scanley. We have these guys that can fill these roles. All we need is plug-and-play guys. And that's why, yes, I, I use the word interesting. I think that the Packers right now with the quarterback situation, they're trying to do something that no team has ever done. The only team I could find – that has gone from one Super Bowl-level quarterback to, to drafting another one was the Patriots going from Drew Bledsoe to Tom Brady. There was a year gap with the Colts, so that doesn't count. 49ers did not draft Steve Young. So the Packers are trying to do one Hall of Fame quarterback to another one and then hopefully do another one. Did I think it was a little bit of a stretch when Rodgers is only 36 years old, going to be 37 in October? Yeah, but when you're 13 and three and you have a lot of quality players on your team, that's the time to take the chance. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to look like a guy with an ice cream cone on his forehead. But if it does work out, they are going to solve the biggest issue that all 31 other teams run into all the time, which is who's going to be our quarterback. Well, yeah. And I, I think speaking of quarterbacks, as we move on to the other two teams in the NFC North, um, the Bears, I mean, they have a huge, I think it's a huge issue right now at quarterback. Um, Trubisky is probably on his last year. And then they bring in Nick Foles in the offseason. And then, I mean, maybe they're going to have a tight end become a quarterback. Maybe he'll pan out. Uh, I mean, they got 10 of them to play around with. But what do you guys think about the Bears um, as being in that division and kind of what they've done so far? I don't I don't think if I was a Bears fan, I would be really pissed off right now. Um, I grew I grew up outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is about an hour and a half away from Chicago, which mm-hmm. is why Mike gives me a hard time all the time. But growing up, Chicago was a bigger rival for me just because it was geographically closer. Um, now that I live in Minnesota, obviously the Vikings are a bit, much better team. But growing up, this is not the Bears teams that I grew up with. Right now, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have they don't they don't even have that signature defensive player. I think the Bears are going to go 3-13 and 13 if they're lucky this year. I don't think that Foles is the answer. I think that Trubisky may start the first three games and then Foles is going to come in. And Foles isn't a team leader. He's a great backup that can get you four or five games. He proved that you know, by winning the Super Bowl. But let's, mm-hmm. not, let's not forget, he didn't start the whole year. He was, able to, he was able to play towards the end of the year. I think he's a great backup. 
I don't think Trubisky's a starter. I think that they're going to go back and forth throughout the year, and 13-3 and three is where I would put them. 3-13, and 13, you mean, three, Greg? I was going to say 3-13. Three, 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 <laughs> I'm going to call you out on that one. That's a bit three, of a stretch, I think, for the put Bears. Down, put down the Milwaukee's vests there, and I think you got it <laughs> backwards just like your record. I think Foles is going to start off the year. You know, the Bears didn't pick up the fifth-year option at Trubisky. I think Trubisky comes in when Foles gets hurt. You know, Matt Nagy, everybody from that organization should be fired after they drafted Trubisky and could have had Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. The next year after that draft, if I were the owner, I would have fired the entire management team from top to bottom. You could have had, I mean, think about that, Greg. We would both be pissed off if we had Pat Mahomes in our division. I can't even imagine it. Absolutely. And the thing to remember, too, is it's not like saying Tom Brady and nobody knew because he was a six-round pick. Um, Kansas City traded up to get Mahomes. Everyone knew that Mahomes was going to be a quality quarterback. He was he he was a couple years ago. He was the Jordan Love of a couple years ago, where everyone knew, but no one knew how high to take him. So it's not like it's it's not like oh my God, Patrick Mahomes came out of nowhere. Everybody in the NFL knew that he was a first round quality pick. It's just when you take him. Nobody ever said Trubisky's a number two pick. No, other than the Bears. Yep. Trash. And speaking of people getting fired, um, the last team in this division with a ceiling of maybe six and ten, maybe even five and eleven for a ceiling, the Detroit Lions are just kind of they're they're just there. Um they the the best thing they have done is they did get Oduka in their secondary and they added DeAndre Swift to their backfield, but to be completely honest, this team is still a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, yeah got I don't. Him. I got him going two and two and fourteen. There will be another uh, firing in Detroit as well. I mean, they're just they're garbage. I'm not worried about either of those teams. That's why both of them are going to get about forty five seconds of this this half hour show because they're just <laughs> they don't even deserve a minute. That's it. I'll I'll actually do the courteous thing and I'll, I'll defer to Mike on that. I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that Detroit is just very badly run and they're going to go three and thirteen, four and twelve. And yeah, and All that's but right. I, I guess Durf and I were being generous, but you guys know them better than we do, <laughs> and that's why we brought you right. on the show to discuss Green Bay, the Vikings, and maybe since it's a little unfair to just crap on the bears and the lions, but this is the reality that we're in. <laughs> so as we wrap up the show here, we want to thank you both again, green Bay, Greg and Mike from twist. Make sure you check them out. Show they at, you know, they're great on Facebook. They're on the RTS sports network and they're also show of the month for April. So definitely yeah, go check them out. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, Durf. All hail. The Jackstrap King. <laughs>